every single marketer and every single brand should be attempting to earn a disproportionate share of conversation. If you work for an organization where they say, bring us a chart that goes up and to the right, you have a challenge. Half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. The trouble is, I don't know which half. I am here to inspire you, to excite you, to motivate you, to transform you, to energize you. Hello and welcome to Pipeline Visionaries. This episode features an interview with Thomas Grohl, VP of Marketing at DocuWare, a document management software that delivers smart digital workflow and document control for substantial productivity gains without the need for IT resources. In this episode, Thomas shares the three methods DocuWare focuses on for marketing campaigns, why engagement is key to everything they do, and how DocuWare is leveraging a more emotional approach to connect with their customers. He also provides insights into how marketing can have a better relationship with sales, the importance of keeping buyers in mind when creating campaigns, and how to be a trusted advisor. But before we get into it, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Qualified. If you're a revenue team that runs your business on Salesforce, Qualified will accelerate your lead generation, pipeline, and ultimately revenue. Learn more at qualified.com. So please enjoy this interview between Thomas Grohl, VP of Marketing at DocuWare, and your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Pipeline Visionaries, presented by Qualified.com. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios, and today we are joined by a special guest. Thomas, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you on the show and excited to chat about your background and DocuWare and everything in between. So let's get into it. What was your first job in marketing? My first job? Well, actually, it was with a global enterprise software company. I've always been in software. We supported our channel partners selling our solution around the world. And I was in the role of a marketing specialist. This was actually right out of business school. And and I want to say that this opportunity really opened my mind about what is possible in global business in the software industry. And in fact, one year later, I moved to the U.S. for an expat assignment. And it was a great experience early on. Yeah, and flash forward to today. Tell us what it means to be VP of Marketing at DocuWare. Well, I'm heading up all aspects of marketing at DocuWare, inclusive of strategy, product marketing, channel, communications, brand, and demand generation. DocuWare is an enterprise content and document management vendor. We have a network of more than 800 partners in 7,000 customers around the world that use our solution. And we very much focus on getting our brand known in our core markets, we enable those partners, and then obviously we engage with our prospective buyers for selling more. All right, let's get into our first segment here, the trust tree. With the knowledge you've been given, you are now on the inside of what I like to call the circle of trust. What, I thought we were in the trust tree with, in the nest, are we not? This is where we go to feel honest and trusted, and you can share those deepest, darkest marketing secrets. Yeah, tell us a little bit about your customers and how you go to market. Well, DocuWare is in, in business for about 35 years. And we serve, as I mentioned before, 7,000 companies from small to mid-enterprises with software solution to automate what we call content-driven processes. 
So this would include simple document archiving, moving from paper to digital, automating whole workflows where you manage the purchase to pay process, for example, but also adopting workflow automation in many other departments in a business. Yeah, so we engage with on the vertical side with certain industries, but also on the function in specific departments, specifically in finance or HR, with responsibles in, in those companies, but also with management directors and CEOs of companies directly where they deploy company-wide solution in that small to medium segment. And the way we engage with them is through the various means in marketing where we serve the respective channels, drive content, and um, bring them back into our sphere for helping them solve or find a solution to the problem. And then in terms of your marketing department with you know function and process and people, what's, what's important to you? Well, at DocuWare, we do 80% of a business through the channel. I therefore have regional teams that serve that channel and run demand gen in the respective markets. On the corporate side, I have a group of global demand gen, communications, product marketing, brand, content, and creative, and marketing operations for all process alignment that's needed, inclusive of MarTech and, and automation. So cross-functional to leverage unique skills paired with regional teams that do what is needed to win more business. Yeah, that's interesting. So because you, you spend so much time on channel, how is that different for y'all? Because that's a little bit of a unique go-to-market. Well, I believe in any ways with the buyers today, you need to provide value foremost in everything you do when you want to reach them. So it's not so much in a funnel dimension motion that you would put out first. You want to focus on engagement. Engagement means you provide content, message stories that, that provide value to your buyers. And we do that together, but also on behalf of our channel partners. We will get some demands that we will actually fulfill direct for those that want to purchase from us direct. But we do this foremost, as I said, to support our channel partners who then eventually uh, win the business and solve those business problems that those customers have. Okay, let's get to our next segment, the playbook. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. This is where we open up the playbook and you talk about the tactics that help you win. What are your three channels or tactics that are your uncuttable budget items? Let me answer this from three angles. First, for the brand, I would say... Social and search get the most focus from us at the moment. When it comes to leaning into demand, we have a strong focus on content, which we make available based on non-gating, gating strategy, driving highest quality of demand into our funnel via a broad set of paid channels depending, depending on the market. Now, third, third angle is that we also want to get people into a sales motion. And where you do not deploy an e-commerce channel, like we do, where we sell direct in a consultative fashion or through our channel partners, sales development still has its place for qualifying routing demand. Yeah, and I'm curious, how do you measure success uh, of those type of campaigns? I always employ a full set of KPIs that I measure against three dimensions. That's something I've been doing successively in many of the businesses I've been supporting. 
there is always the brand where we track or need to track our reach and engagement into social, the media channels, as well as branded search. Second is engagement. As I mentioned before, engagement is, I think, the key these days. That's where you track the level of how partners, customers, and prospective buyers value the interaction with the content or the other means that you serve through the touch points that you are delivering your marketing programs to. And then third is a classical demand gen funnel that we support where um, we obviously bring in leads. We bring them through a typical MQL and SQL notion to eventually win the business. So success is when we achieve or overachieve our KPIs. That's how I measure success. It's that simple. Just finding the right model is a big task because it's different for eventually every business based on that go-to market that uh, is different for many of us. Yeah, I'm curious, especially with, with selling through channels where, you know, so, so much of, of that sort of first-round relationship happens with the channel partner. Yeah, I'm just curious, like, the, I, I love that brand, the brand search KPI, because obviously that's, that's a great one. I'm curious, like, how does that sort of translate as it, as it works through your partners? Like, is there any, like, things that they can sort of relate to you through that process of, uh, of ways that folks are finding you or coming across you or coming into your campaigns? Obviously, the, the channel partner will have to find their value proposition that they convey to their customers and it, it should encompass our solution or product. Um, and so what we do is we work with them, providing them with a whole set of marketing campaigns that they can leverage mm-hmm. with respective measures that give us a means to see how they leverage it and track what the engagement is with the customers. So that gives us some data points as to what worked, what is used, and how relevant it is. Um, obviously, there's always this notion of the, these companies have other things to do and deliver as well. So it comes down through some very close alignment and being on just top of mind with the partners directly. And last but not least, you want to ask for feedback. Right? Yeah, that's great. Any Anything with, with KPIs seems like obviously, you know, v- being very structured on KPIs, anything within the way that you measure those that like things that you found surprising over the last couple of years or something that you've sort of like honed your your KPIs a little bit to make them a bit more precise with sort of like all the fluctuations and crazy changes in the market and all that? Yeah, well, with the evolution of all those digital marketing channels, you know, all traditional channels haven't gone away. And so we somehow have to serve them all. So we want to measure them all. And in the past years, there has been so many conversations and a lot of science uh, being deployed around attribution models uh, what really works, what delivers, what's the return on investment on 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 a specific activity. And, and I think we've eventually come to the point where some might have overdone it a bit on the science side, where in B2B, through certain channels that you sell, there is always a parallel engagement or multi-level engagement. And it's really hard to attribute then a business win to one or a set of activities. So... I'm basically going back and leaning more to a first and last touch attribution model. 
So we know when the people, the buyers came in and we know when the last touch finally uh, was that made them then purchase. And in between, we just manage our performance. We optimize it. But we stopped actually the science on it, on the attribution within this funnel because we felt it's creating so much confusion even more. We haven't found this holy grail to it either. The person who figures out all the multi-touch attribution stuff is is it's it's an ongoing process. It'll it'll never never be complete. Switching gears to 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 sales and and sort of your relationship there. How do you develop a relationship with with sales? I would involve sales early on in the planning process. You know, this is where we prioritize go to market support. And then we constantly check in, inclusive of business reviews that we do together with the sales teams. Wins for sales are covered by us achieving KPIs, so we can show the contribution we're making to the business. So this is the other important side of sales and marketing alignment. You need to align goals, I would say. I think that's important. And just make them be involved and listen to what the needs are of the sales teams and your channel. Is there anything, you know, in terms of goals or, or sharing the, what they say, share the band or, or things like that, that you look at, especially from like a pipeline or a demand gen perspective that you say, Hey, you know, this is what we're responsible for. This is what you're responsible for. Anything like that. Any insights there? I think the role of marketing has changed dramatically where there is less and less involvement of sales in the earlier part of the sales process, or what we used to call the sales process, the buyer today will educate her or himself much further ahead into that process before they want to speak to someone on sales. And so we need to revisit today how we actually look for accountability between marketing and sales and actually unify it and combine it more. And every market is a salesperson these days. For those companies who have an e-commerce channel, right, it's very often owned by the marketing organization too. And so when we think of revenue goals and attribution and who sourced what, I think we need to understand that eventually it's one. And we just need to find out, you know, what's really driving or who's driving what part of that process together with the other group, right? If there is two groups between marketing and sales. What about uh, uh, any any trends in marketing that uh, that are coming up uh, or things that you're excited to, to explore? Yeah, I think I took point on that before in this conversation. We all know the buyer's journey is dramatically changing and buyers are in the lead for deciding when and how they want to engage with us. So I therefore believe that a, a company's marketing strategy needs to have strong focus on that engagement by making sure you serve the marketing channels with most relevant information for the buyers so they can educate themselves for eventually coming to you when ready. So within your funnel, that means vendors need to provide the means to help addressing pain points, offer a solution to a problem, to customers rather than the features or just trying to push the purchase. That's important. So we need to be everywhere, present, and we need to be a trusted advisor. And there is no quick win anymore, I believe, in bringing someone in and, and just closing the door and waiting for someone to hit the buy now button. 
Any other thoughts on sort of trends or other things that you're excited about going forward? Well, post-COVID, you know, what I, I'm really thrilled to see is that it gives us the means to revisit how we provide value to the market as marketers with more and more interactions happening in a digital way. So we're, we've been playing this for a long time on the top funnel demand chain play into the, the nurturing programs we've been deploying, but now we see it on the sales side as well. And, and I think that's where we have to be on our heels a bit as marketers, but at the same time, it provides a tremendous opportunity to be, as I mentioned before, the, the trusted advisor. Any piece of advice that you would give to someone who is, you know, going to market with channels and is trying to figure out a, a marketing strategy when you're when you're managing so many channels? I mean, in general, I think you always want to start with with a go-to-market prioritization based on on product market fit. So you want to size the market, you want to segment, you want to have clear revenue goals, you want to know who the partners are, the channelists that you're serving and what actually drives them. And then you align the resources and the tactics to really understand the current focus and identify opportunities for improvement. Channel partners in software, specifically these days where everything turns to cloud and SaaS, need to find their value add. And with that, you want to enable them to deliver on that and support them more and more specifically when you're hitting a small business to mid-sized and um, market at scale yeah. where there is a lot of local and regional business happening. Yeah, it seems like a lot of those channel partners don't necessarily have always the biggest marketing teams, you know, at their disposal. So they're really looking for some guidance and some help on, you know, creative ways to go to market or whether it's, you know, doing content series like webinars or podcasts or things like that, or whether it's events or, or different sort of things. Curious how much you think about, you know, putting your team's bandwidth into supporting their, their go-to-market. It's a very good question. For us, this is absolutely key. As I mentioned earlier, we make 80% of a business through the channel. And that is a strategic decision for us. So we are in close relationship with with our top channel partners, and we work very directly with them on the marketing side as well, where we bring them together on a regular basis and we talk marketing and we talk demand chain with them. And this on the back of um, a whole set of campaigns and marketing and sales kits that we provide to them uh, with guidance to use and with the ability for them to localize, customize to their needs and play it out into the market. Any examples of, of things that, that you've done that have worked like really well with your partners? We have a set of partners out there that actually are relatively small companies, software resellers or hardware resellers in a specific region, territory, sometimes a state or a county. And we've been able actually to get them to invest in marketing, you know, acquire a resellers person that actually helps them with their marketing. And we've worked with them to actually fill, build their funnel model with an integrated campaign that they would do, build up a database, do the segmentation. And I'm super excited about what some of those partners have been able to achieve, where you would look at them and you would see, oh, this must be a bigger company. And they typically don't have the resources to do that. 
But obviously, we, we put a lot of effort in that to enable them. And we don't believe so much in just throwing budget at the channel and giving them marketing assets. We actually go and work with them, ask for a commitment, and then we help them deploy the right programs. This has been the success for us for so many years, and we're, we're continuing on that model. Another thing that's been very successful is we've just started our very own marketing kit on how to market and how to generate demand specifically for partners for our products. And so it's it's almost like a one-on-one class in, in marketing and demand training specifically for those. And we're training them. We're giving them best practice and examples. So there's a lot of engagement and we see, you know, what really works for them is then something we can actually bring to the next partner. I'm curious also, any any thoughts on, you know, obviously you run a global organization and sort of like having something that's global with so many different, you know, types of, in so many different markets and so many different, you know, languages and cultures and all that stuff. How you think about, you know, SMB, which can be, you know, potentially a pretty tricky thing to do when you're multinational like that. I think at the end, every business is local. And so you need to be able to adopt your, your strategy, your programs, your campaigns to local market needs. When you then look back at your segmentation, the use cases, the buying behaviors, you will very often find a lot of similarities. So there is this layer of what is it that actually drives businesses to look for a new product, a new service or solution that they all have in common. And then you need to make sure you provide the, the means so that it can be executed or adapted locally to the very needs that people have in that market. This is not only the localization in terms of language, tone, but, other, but also that comes down to value proposition and how people buy. We have a lot of customers now in Latin America there's a lot more relationship selling. People are way more interacting than we would see it in North America or in, in Central Europe these days where we have a lot of prospective buyers come to us and they are just ready. They're fully educated and we can only have a conversation with them about the specific offer, which is great if we have been able to hear them to want our product before. Do you have any favorite campaigns that you, you've done over the last you know, year or so? Yeah, we've just been running on what we call an invoice processing campaign where we actually help um, the CFO or the finance director of a company to automate invoice processing. So many invoices come in still in paper or in PDF these days. How do you sort them? How do you actually make sure you can actually automate how they go through your organization into your accounting system and being paid? And what we have done is we've created a whole set of creative and elements and content that we've run around invoice processing under the theme of making wishes come true. So we made the whole wish story, the fairy tale story, the story leading with leading so that we don't have to talk about tech right away and, and take a bit the, the dry language out of the accounting language and be a bit more emotional. And this is something that has been very successful. It's still running, actually. It's an ongoing campaign. We call it Nevergreen Campaign. And what we see is a lot of our buyers come back to us and are really valuing the, our softer tone and the more emotional conversations 
on the back, obviously, of some hard facts that we will put forward as proof points and why it makes sense to invest. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting because of sort of like the post-COVID and how many people needed to invest in, you know, building their digital infrastructure inside of their business and like that whole piece and sort of the modernization. And then, you know, this next wave being a very different thing, especially for SMB where it's like, you know, resources perhaps, you know, strapped in some ways versus not others, but sort of that modernizing thrust that I felt like we all, we all really acknowledged over the past few years. It's interesting that, that you've had some success there with sort of like the softer tones. Yeah, absolutely. So we were, we were in Schreider, I have to admit, but we gave it a try. And at first there's always, well, this is new. We haven't seen this before. You know, this is not consumer product, but we actually see that, you know, people are emotional. We are humans that right? react to things as long as you can underpin them with some good facts, because it's still a business decision and business invest that someone will have to make. Any other thoughts on on strategy or or you know uncuttable budget items or any anything that you're you're not going to be investing in very much going forward or anything like that? Well, I wouldn't necessarily be able to call out a specific tactic or a channel that we wouldn't want to invest. Whereas it's more a matter of prioritization where we put our resources versus suggesting that we don't do it. Um, we're, we're, we're testing, obviously, with new ways of go-to-market and also looking at what's happening on the whole AI front at the moment and how we can leverage things like ChatGPT more in, in our marketing place and eventually engage with our partners, our customers, and our buyers out there. Uh, we have a very big AI project underway at the moment where we're putting basically ChatGPT into a notion of of being able to actually respond to specific questions that people that want to interact with us have. And this is something we'll, we'll learn a lot from where eventually we'll see how it actually fits into the go-to-market strategy of ours. But in terms of things that we, we wouldn't want to invest is just a matter of single tactics that we just haven't explored, to be honest. You know, we're not, we're not doing podcasts ourselves at this point. And so there's just a few things we just haven't, started to be honest the content space i think creating you know audio and video and all those pieces is something that just you don't you don't wake up one day and like have that capacity in in house you know it's not like you have like oh we have a you know a short form video team that can just start cranking out you know things for our youtube shorts or tiktok videos or you know podcast interviews it's just yeah, it's it's all like you have to think about sort of the buyer build and all those different things. So content is just tricky. I mean, it's, there's just no way around it. It's just a tricky thing. Yeah, it is. And, and actually, we do have a video team. We invested this in it. But the way we leverage it at the moment is, is that we try to use it first through supporting the social channels, mm-hmm. activating our channel partners and our sales teams actually to be out there with video and content. So we would want to interact from person to person versus, you know, the company just deploying a whole set of video content and replacing it with, you know, the PDFs that we promoted before. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, when uh, we talk, obviously, to to a ton of, of CMOs and heads of marketing, where 
that a lot of times they have a video team similar to like a design team or something like that, where they have assets in house that work on like really core projects. And so to detract them from core projects is usually like, Oh, why would we like, this is, these are our customer videos. These are like some of the most important things that we do as a marketing team. Like I don't want to distract them from that. So it's sort of like adding on capacity and figuring out that whole, that whole process is, is always tricky. And the same thing with design team. It's like, Hey, we want new designs for this upcoming event and this and that, and you know, all these things. And it's that sort of like in-house team. That's always, always has a to-do list. That's 50 miles long. It is, it is. Now at the same time, I think you always want to leave some room for test and learn, being creative and just doing new things. And the only way then does work if you really mandate that, because otherwise, as you mentioned, they will be swapped with other projects that are ongoing. How do you view the DocuWare website? Well, it is our, our core place where we drive our audience to. It is a trick a bit these days because we have the channel, but we also do business direct. So we need to obviously respect and find the balance between when people come to us and eventually want to buy from us, but eventually then also bring in the channel partner. As I said before, we're 80% channel business. And that, this is our clear focus. And you know, a website these days is, is way more than a place to actually promote a product. You drive that engagement that I've been talking about um, so often now and make sure that you actually have a success path there where people find value as they go through that journey of educating themselves on, on your website. Okay, let's get to our next segment, the dust-up. Uh-oh, here comes trouble. You may have heard that there was a dust-up involving yours truly. And now we've got a wild scrum with fights breaking out all over the place. And it is getting really ugly as we've got punches and kicks. Before we talk about healthy tension, whether that's with your board, your competitors, your sales team, or anyone else, have you had a memorable dust-up in your career, Thomas? No, obviously, sometimes people have their own agenda. There's, there's certain ways to drive business growth and, and there's not only one silver bullet typically. And so, yes, I had dust-ups as well, but I would always try to bring it back to facts and numbers and leave room for testing it. And sometimes you just have to deploy a program and prove that it works. I love it. Okay, let's get to our final segment, Quick Hits. These are quick questions and quick answers. Just like how Qualified.com helps companies generate pipeline quickly, tap into your greatest asset, your website, to identify your most valuable visitors and instantly, and I mean instantly, start sales conversations right on your website. Quick and easy, just like these questions, go to Qualified.com to learn more. Quick hits. Thomas, are you ready? I am. All right. Number one, is there a hidden talent or skill that's not on your resume? So I actually grew up on a farm. My family owns a winery. And I have learned how it is to do business on-site locally by building a relationship with someone to come back every year and purchase a full trunk of wine that was before e-commerce was around. I love that. That's great. That's awesome. It's something we all need to we all need to learn a little bit better of of what it takes to get someone to to come back every year. I love that. What advice would you give to a first time head of marketing 
who is trying to figure out their marketing strategy? I think you always want to start with a clear go-to-market prioritization. You want to understand how your product fits to the market, where your market is, how you sell. You want to segment it clearly so you can focus and prioritize. This is not only important for doing things right, but it also gives you a head start in learning about the business itself. This brings you closer to how your company goes to market and who your customers are. That's all we got for today, Thomas. It's been awesome having you on the show. For our listeners, you can go check out DocuWare. You can go to DocuWare.com. Thomas, any any final thoughts? Anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, maybe you can leave this with a bit of a, a philosophical statement. I would like the merchant marketers out there to have their buyers more in mind when they create their campaigns, their content, their messaging. Think about how relevant is it for my audience? What's the value proposition? There are no shortcuts that last long and your customers will value that in the long run. I love it. I would say no traffic on the extra mile, no shortcuts. I love that. Thomas, it's been awesome having you on the show. Thanks so much and talk soon. Likewise. Thanks for having me. It was super to be here. Thanks again to our friends at qualified.com, a conversational sales and marketing platform that transforms the way B2B companies sell. Go to qualified.com to learn more.